Welcome back to Cage Off, a Nicolas Cage podcast dedicated to finally answering the question, what is the best Nicolas Cage film? And what is the best Nicolas Cage film? You can let us know on Twitter at Cage Off Podcasts or on Instagram. We're not on Instagram. (laughs) Why aren't we on Instagram? I don't know. (laughs) Um, So sorry. I I have another podcast and so... (laughs) I also have yeah. to like, yeah, I get the plugs mixed up. Um, you can send us an email at kjobpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to, if you if you really want to, um, uh, you can give us a review on Apple Podcasts if or you're wherever so, it is that you find your podcast. I don't normally talk like if this, you're, y'all. If you're so inclined, <laughs> you can leave us a review. My name's Logan. My name is Ashley. We're joined today by Aubrey and Emily from National Treasure Hunt. How are you guys doing? We are doing great. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, yes, my name's my name's Aubrey. Um, I'm one half of the National Treasure Hunt team. I am Emily and I am the, I guess, second half. So can you kind of give a, a quick synopsis of what the premise of your podcast is? Because it seems like every Nicolas Cage podcast has a slightly different premise. So I want to know. Oh, yeah. And ours is slightly different, but very niche, you guys. As uh, the name suggests, National Treasure Hunt is a podcast taking an ocular device to the National Treasure film franchise. So basically, we are taking the two National Treasure films and analyzing them from just about every angle and every perspective you can possibly think of, uh, whether that angle be historical, science, ethical, literature, music, you name it, we're doing that on National Treasure Hunt. Yeah, it's incredibly comprehensive, um, and it's it's a it's a fun listen. So everyone should check you guys out. Um, the reason we've brought you here today, we are. Uh, this is the first episode of our new season, by the way, Ashley. Oh, isn't that season, exciting? Season three, actually, of this yeah. podcast. Super weird, strange. Yeah, we, um, we're in already, a new bracket. We've already recorded three episodes, but we're not we're not going to talk about that. But uh, do you want to talk for a second about our bracket before we start talking about these movies? Um, yes. So we have with this episode, we are officially kicking off our Not the Bees conference of our bracket and i'm going to do a quick fire of all of the movies that are in not the bees you guys ready it's gonna be a quick fire i'm gonna go as quickly as i can matchstick men ghost rider left behind city of angels uss indianapolis men of courage world trade center joe adaptation the wicker man 211 honeymoon in vegas valley girls seeking justice national treasure book of secrets which is this episode and gone with 60 seconds vengeance a love story that is all of the movies that are in Not the Bees. Very exciting stuff. Stu- super, super exciting. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we also Wait, have the lineup, you guys. <laughs> we got some heavy hitters this time around. 
Um, Our last season had a lot more heavy hitters, in my opinion. We had a lot more heavy hitters. It was a lot harder to sift through that. That that was hard. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll be able to make this relatively easy for you with our input today. Yeah, that's we're not biased or anything. We already know which one you guys like the best. And the funniest part about this is that it we're gonna vote at the end, and no matter what, like it's gotta win because you two are gonna vote for National Treasure Book of Secrets. You don't know how I'm gonna vote. Well, you don't know how I'm gonna vote. Wow, it's all very exciting. Um, (laughs) It's time for the return of everyone's favorite segment cage could happen to you uh so aubrey and emily i would like for you to each just talk about your history with the actor nicholas cage was it national treasure or did you first encounter him uh through some other means emily you want to start this i do yeah so for me it not gonna lie it was it was purely national treasure based and I was unaware that he had a reputation um, mm. for doing kind of these eclectic, odd roles. So when I first saw him in National Treasure, I was like, like this dude's just a totally normal actor. Like, I don't I don't see the issue. And then I proceeded to see him in like a few other things and quickly realized that that this was definitely his most normal role. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it- it's relatively low key for him. Um, we the national treasure is the the common one we've heard a lot doing this this segment with our guests. Um, but uh, Aubrey, if you want to, yeah, I'm in a pretty similar boat. Um, I like to say I've seen about five Nick Cage movies, but the number of times I've seen a Nick Cage movie is like in mm. the hundreds, and that's exclusively because of National Treasure and Book of Secrets. Um, right. I think at this point I've also seen the one with the motorcycle and the fiery person. I don't Ghost even know what Rider. It's Ghost Rider, Aubrey. Ghost we Rider. talked about Ghost Rider on our podcast. Did we? Well, clearly not very memorable for me. Um, it's not a very good movie. Um, this is a foreshadow to when we talk yeah. about it. Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> In the future. That's us from the future. There, there, there you go. Um, I've also seen his one of his newer pieces, Willie's Wonderland, which I actually enjoyed. Very different, but very entertaining. Bizarre. I loved, I loved that movie. So right, good. bizarrely delightful. Right, I mean, very, very interesting. And now, of course, I've seen Seeking Justice, and I have thoughts, you guys. So yeah, this is. Um, I also have thoughts about both these films um so before we get started properly i think we're going to talk national treasure first of course i found this is another one of those weird instances ashley where the two movies at least in my opinion kind of like link up like when we didn't really intend to in a certain way with the way Um, that it basically starts with him doing a lecture not not so much because of what happens in each film but just what they represents in terms of Nicolas Cage's career. Um, I would say that uh, National Treasure Book of Secrets kind of marks the end of one era of his career and Seeking Justice is the beginning of another one. Do you know what I mean? This is, um, I did look this up. This is 
Nicolas Cage's highest grossing movie as far as his live action work. I, hate, I think there are like animated movies that have a higher box office gross. Yeah. Um, but uh, Seeking Justice is a movie where it kind of kicks off what his like the last decade of his career has been mostly, which is like smaller movies. Um, a lot of them are, you know, set in New Orleans because that's, you know, where he likes to hang out these days. Um, <laughs> New Orleans or Vegas. It's really a toss up, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um so yeah, I don't know. I just thought that parallel was interesting. This has happened many times on the show where our random matchups like link up in in strange ways um, that you know we didn't really expect. Um, but anyway, I think it's time. We're gonna go ahead and get started, and we're going to begin our discussion of National Treasure: Book of Secrets. Um, released on home video as National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets. Um, so I guess both are, you can, you can refer to them however you please. But is a 2007 American action adventure film directed by John Turtletaub and produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. The premise per IMDb reads... Benjamin Gates must follow a clue left in John Wilkes Booth's diary to prove his ancestors' innocence in the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Now, before we move on, I want you guys to each give your premise of this movie. We, um, we've done this before. It's always an entertaining exercise and depends a little bit on our mood. Um, I, I would say my mood today is... Nicolas Cage in his most normal role to date reprises the beloved character of Benjamin Franklin Gates to prove his family's innocence in a way that no one fully understands because somehow it involves finding the city of gold and that proves his family's innocence. We can, we can talk about that later. It actually does make sense. It's just a stretch, but um in doing so, he needs to kidnap the president, but not kidnap the president, really just like take him for a walk and yeah. find a secret book, which leads me to my thesis statement, which is give us National Treasure 3. The end. Wow. That was that was truly beautiful, Aubrey. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> um, based on my mood today, I'm going to say that Nicholas Cage shines in this action uh, adventure, more adventure movie slash comedy, wherein he decides that he's going to go up against a not so evil villain who just kind of wants his family to get credit for something. And Nick Cage decides, hey, I want that too. Um, and then they go on some treasure hunting and we got to pull a lot of people into it. We get Helen Mirren, uh, into the fray, which is phenomenal choice. Um, and you know, we get some classic, we get some classic Riley interactions, some classic Abigail interactions and, and fundamentally, yeah, we, we kidnap the president for some reason. We, we find the city of gold in a relatively weird location and we once again don't really get much from finding the treasure 
We also learn, as we commonly like to say on our podcast, that water is the villain of the movie. Mm. We can we can absolutely elaborate on that point later if necessary. No, but. it 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 totally tracks. Um, <laughs> so I think what we typically will do on this program is do kind of a dive into the plot of each film. Instead of that, I would rather direct people to your guys's uh, first episode of your latest season, where you guys do that in a much better way than we probably could. Um, so kind. <laughs> It's 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 very comprehensive, like I like I mentioned before, your whole podcast. Um, so I think we could just kind of talk uh, in more general terms about this movie. So first of all, I had never seen this movie before. Um, really, I seen I saw the first one in theaters. I think. Um, you and just, just decided by, I'm not going to follow that up with the next yeah, one. I think by the time the second movie came out, I just like wasn't like seeing like. Disney adventure movies anymore. Mm. Um, I didn't love National Treasure enough to like, you know, follow up on it. H- had you seen you'd seen this movie before, right, Ashley? Oh yeah, high school history. You watch both movies for history oh, class? Yeah. Also the Patriot. Real nice, real nice historical dramas for the classroom. Oh my god, no, so much so. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, my senior quote was from the Patriot. What was the quote? If I will die, I will die well dressed. (laughs) I love it. That's pretty good. good. (laughs) That's pretty good. Um, Like I said, I'd never seen this movie before. And I, I had heard you, you had described the the premise of it to me, Ashley. Mm -hmm. And I knew it involved kidnapping the president. Um, We'll talk about it a little bit later, but I was kind of disappointed with how that plays out. Um, overall but I will say I think I enjoy this movie a lot more than the first one Uh, what's your what's your general take on on this one Ashley I don't agree okay one the first movie has an actual villain it has Nicolas Cage also being a dick to the cops the whole time Mm -hmm. love that always good love that um the first one also has a car chase. So does this one? Think, uh, better car chase. He I literally, she literally hangs off the side of the door of the van. Like it, you can't, you can't top that. Um, I think that also, like all of the kind of traps and stuff in. I think the traps that were in the second movie, like going down to the treasure, were way overly intricate and also kind of stupid whereas like the stair the the scary staircase in the first movie so much more hard disagree the the main like set piece of the first movie is them just walking down a set of stairs down like a mine shaft this one you got the tilting platform sequence which you know but here's the thing here's the thing if you're gonna do that you gotta do it like full indiana jones style and this was not full Indiana Jones style. This was like, I don't know. I like the first one better. I just do. Now, the interesting thing here is from this whole conversation, 
you two have just totally demonstrated something that we've found from interacting with fans, uh, both on social media and interviewing them on our show. Even with the creators that we've, we've talked to the creators of the National Treasure franchise before, and you really do get a, a surprisingly even split between people who like the first one better and who like the second one better. And um, I don't know, I personally, I love them both. The first one's just so classic that I feel like if I had to pick between the two, I would pick the first one, but I still love the second one. I see it's, I see it's many, you know, gifts to the world, but I also see it's many flaws and we've definitely been very critical of those flaws on our show this season. (laughs) Yes. And I'm sure that, I mean, if anybody's listened to our podcast, um, you will, or if you check it out after this, you will soon find out that I do not retain information very well. So <laughs> understatement the, of the century, <laughs> the plot of the second movie almost immediately escapes me. Like all of the connections that need to be made from one point to another. It's like too much for my brain to handle. It so is. the first one is just like, it, it's like simple, clear cut. And I feel like I feel smart watching it. And when I watch the second one, I feel kind of dumb because I like don't really get what's happening. <laughs> it is. The second one is a fair bit more convoluted plot wise. Um, I think I kind of like that about it though. Like I like the, more they don't go to a ton of different places but i like the more kind of globe trotty feel of it um because they go to paris they go to england um that's really about it but it's more so than just a couple of cities in, in the eastern united states in the first movie props for for even noticing and remembering that they go to paris because they're there for all of like five seconds most yeah. people forget that <laughs> they talk to those uh those cops that kind of hassle them for a minute then they become friends um but yeah stereotypes Mm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah um so basically yeah we already mentioned the premise of the movie where uh the gate ben gates basically has to clear his family's name um because uh ed harris uh whose name is mitch wilkinson um produces a page of the missing a missing page of the booth diary that seems to implicate uh ben's great great grandfather is that correct like that it's honestly even we get get mixed up with that one it's basically um the guy that we see in the beginning of the first national treasure film right grown up and as an adult got that's, it that's the person yeah gotcha yeah so we we open with like a regular with a flashback sequence like in the first movie um where uh dexter's brother from the first season of showtime's dexter plays john wilkes booth and kills abraham lincoln and we also have ashley you'll i don't know if you noticed this but the young boy in the flashback is played by uh, I think he was uh he played a young Sam Winchester in a few episodes of Supernatural. Did you recognize him at all? I think I think I know exactly what who I can picture his face. Yes, I know who you're talking about. I'm not sure if I'd seen him before, but I saw this movie before I watched um Supernatural because I watched this in high school. This was part of my developmental education. I mean, as it should be though. You know, we spend a lot of time 
of our personal lives and developing our show, making the case for why National Treasure actually can be used in the classroom because people don't realize that both of these films actually have a fair amount of historical fidelity, at least way more than people give them credit for. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is also, I always like to point out whenever we get a cast reunion in these in these movies, and this one we get uh, Nicolas Cage, Ed Harris reunion from uh, The Rock, which Ed Harris plays the villain in that movie. And in the, because I'm a big nerd, I listened to the commentary track for The Rock before we did that episode. And Ed Harris was talking about how he wished he had more of a chance to act with Nicolas Cage in that movie because they kind of don't really have any scenes together. Um, but they have quite a few in this one. So I thought that was also nice to see. What do you think, Ashley? Were you, were you, was your heart warmed as much by that as it was for me? Um, no, because in, in, in both movies, right. Um, I don't like his character in either of the movies. He plays a really good villain, but at the same time, I, I am, it's really hard for me to be scared by him at the same time. And he's just not, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. He's just, he's just a typical white guy. I don't, am I supposed to be like impressed by him being in both of these movies? I just people, thought it was interesting. People love him though. I mean, Emily and I have spoken before about how we aren't super familiar with Ed Harris beyond this particular role. And when we say that to people, uh, we get like the, oh my God, you know, what else is dare you? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> we looked it up one time and I read out a bunch of the movies and like we didn't recognize any. <laughs> um, no, he's in he's in the Truman Show. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to look at what I've seen him in. Uh, Snowpiercer. Um, he was in Snowpiercer. He plays the guy who runs the train. Really? Uh, what? Wait, and doesn't Sean Bean? Isn't Sean Bean in the new Snowpiercer? Snowpiercer? Like the uh, show? I think yeah. he's in the show. I've not seen the show. The <gasps> I need to watch the show. Oh the gosh. movie's great. Trippy connection. Um, Other see, you have a yeah. talent for finding connections between the movies in your brackets. I have a talent for connecting National Treasure to literally everything. So, <laughs> and my talent yeah. is just responding excitedly when she does. <laughs> That's a, yeah, that's, that's kind of our dynamic as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, like I'm so happy for you, babe. <laughs> thanks. Um, but no, and then we kind of just uh, catch up with the rest of our characters um, kind of as it goes along. Riley has written a book um, and he keeps, he's at like a book signing, his first scene. And all these like attractive women keep coming up to him and like, are you Ben Gates? Like they're really into Nick Cage um, in a way that I find amusing. Yes. Um, yes. What about looking at Riley suggests to these people that like literally he, he is, is so, Cage. but he, the thing is, he's also like, Riley is cute. Yes. Like, why aren't these women into him? He's cute. Yes. Like, why are you into Nick Cage over Riley? Like, I mean, he's smart, but like, so is Riley. And Riley's got the outward looks. I'm so, with you, man. I'm I still with don't. You. I still don't like Riley that much. I'm I very remember sorry to say. Logan, we have a problem. You, you, you talked a lot about that on your last National Treasure episode. I had questions. I knew Emily I was going to have questions. <laughs> okay, 
I think I've identified what my issue is when I was uh, watching this movie again. Please. I just don't like that the that particular style of comic relief that I think is a very like mid 2000s character. You know what I mean? It's like I think the best example is a scene early on where they break into uh, him and uh, Abigail's house uh, and then Abigail shows up with uh, her boyfriend Ty Burrell um phil dunphy her boyfriend yes. phil dunphy. <laughs> correct correct um and i don't know he's just like they're talking and then he's just like in the background going like awkward you know that kind of thing that, that's just not it's just not to my taste um but i understand you, i'm in the minority on this and it's fine you've got to at least give him credit for some incredible one-liners in both movies i do like him more in this movie i will say that oh. Okay. Um, I still don't. If they make a National Treasure three, I might finally like him. Um, like I like him a little bit more each time. Um, Even more of a reason to give us National Treasure three people. Yes, that I will finally like. I promise, I'll finally enjoy Riley. For um, Riley, it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah. Oh, uh, another thing I remember we talked about in our first episode, Ashley was. Um, that I don't care for uh, Ben and Abigail's relationship. And you were very excited to let me know that they're having problems in this movie. Logan. And yeah, <laughs> what's up? Logan. <laughs> so many questions, my man. He's, he's got, so, he's, he's he's so got mean. problems. What, no, he what? Is he's mean, mean to her. her. He's he so mean really to her in both I movies oh totally patriarchy. oh yeah we called that out yeah. yes but like there's still a love story so you still go with the love story he just isn't yes. like he just isn't like men that are mean to women he's not i mean mean-y. that's fair like yeah. that, that's a good quality to have in a person so like good so, like props for you yes good love good that for journey you. for you no but yeah they they're they've broken up in the time between movies because plot yeah, because they have to for the plot, basically. They have to fine. get back together, just like his mom and his dad need to get back together. Yeah, so Patrick, uh, uh, his dad, John Voigt, is like fully on board with the whole treasure hunting thing again now since they found the treasure in the first movie. Um, and it's them giving a lecture at the beginning of the movie that kind of kicks off the whole plot. Um, but no, so the, basically uh, Ed Harris is like, Hey, uh, your your ancestor was part of the plot to kill Lincoln, and then that basically kicks off. Uh, See, this, the the thing I don't understand about this whole conflict, right? Is he basically just like trying to say my dad, my grand great great grandfather did not like assassinate this president? That's basically it. One hundred. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I still don't get. Is it? How does how does finding the treasure absolve him of that? Allow me to explain. Yes. <laughs> you are not you are not the first people to ask us to explain. I mean, I this get I podcast. get it. I get it, like, but like I'm saying the public would not see that he found this treasure and be like, oh, his family no longer didn't kill Lincoln. Right. Because they wouldn't Ashley, be able to make the connection. I will say that as someone who is a co-host of this podcast. I am still looking forward to Aubrey explaining National Treasure Book of Secrets to me. Um, 
in this current moment because I also forget how these things connect to one another again. Oh yes. No, I really want, I really want her to explain it. Sorry. Go ahead. Go no. forward and say it. No, totally. Um, so your point is well taken. Ultimately the punchline is finding Cibola proves Thomas Gates's innocence. Thomas Gates is the ancestor of, of Ben Gates. Right. Finding Cibola proves Thomas Gates' innocence and that he was not part of the Lincoln assassination plot because the story that's been passed down in the Gates family is that Thomas Gates was decoding the Booth diary and found that it was a treasure map to Cibola. So he pulled out the pages and burned them because he realized that if the Confederacy got their hands on Cibola, they basically would have unlimited resources and would have, et cetera, et cetera, would have won the war, you know, American history right. changed forever. So the only way per the movie for the innocence to be proven is to prove that the Cibola existed and that you could use the clues that started this whole story to find Cibola to basically say, okay, Thomas Gates, the story that he passed down in his family, that was the true story. Now to your point, Ashley, about, yeah, what about the public? They're leaning super heavily on that uh, newspaper article in the final scene of the film, well, penultimate scene of the film with tomorrow's headlines that says Thomas Gates has proved a war hero. So this was like pre-social media-ish, like we're 2007, we're right before. Yeah, this is before Twitter would have found some other way to cancel him, like right afterwards. Right. But I will say on that topic, um, we also have a lot of thoughts about Mitch Wilkinson and, and, and Harris in this role, so happy to share them. But on the subject of social media, one of the issues that I have about um, Mitch Wilkinson in this role is just the extreme lack of motive or like the poor motive in the film it just it just feels so poor and ultimately emily often likes to say he just wanted to be famous he was like the og influencer right yeah 100% he like, just wanted to be famous yeah 100 just wanted yeah. like that credit that recognition he would if he was on social media he would be like you know trying to be all influencer status he'd be trying to get on these reality tv shows that he could build his following and do his spawn con that is mitch wilkinson today but and he was also his thing was that he he it's not like like Nicholas Cage is where his he knows his family is innocent and then he wants to like absolve their name. It's like I know my family is guilty and I want to make up for that. That's the difference. I think that that's a pretty good motive. If you know your family has done something real shitty in the past and like literally was the reason that the president of the United States was assassinated, um, then I think that you would want to absolve your family history because. I wouldn't want that on my hands. I'm okay with Nick Kate or Ben Gates wanting to, you know, absolve his family. I just think Mitch Wilkinson. Oh, meant Mitch Wilkinson's role is what you meant. Oh, did I say the other yeah, one? Yeah, you said Ben Gates. Oh, my bad. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, you know, and and Mitch is punished for for his uh, hubris. He gets straight yeah. up killed by water. By water. Nice. <laughs> and he uh, lets out a terrible scream. At the moment of his death, um, but I guess he does get credit at the end because Ben decides to be nice and is like, "I guess Mitch Wilkinson helped us find the treasure too," even though he like threatened to murder us like a dozen times. 
Like dark um, for a Disney movie too, right? Somebody actually dying in a Disney movie. Someone died in the first one too. Yeah, it's one per movie. You yeah. can only get one. That's right. And, and you don't show it. No, yeah. I, I remember like well, I, I mean, said. Inside it, Out is a movie about dying. But it's very colorful. It. So it's less like actually not inside dark. Out. You know? It's not Inside Out. It's soul? Uh, the soul. Soul's about oh, dying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. At least one person has to die per National Treasure film. Mm-hmm. Um, we get that guy in the first movie. He falls down uh, the mine shaft. We never see his um, pulverized, mangled corpse at the bottom of that shaft when they get down to it. Um, but, you know. Yeah, where did it go? It, it, I, did it just stay in the rafters? I don't know. Who can say? Um, I will say, uh, as far as uh ben gates's motivation what i did like about this movie over the first one i liked the more personal stakes of it rather than you know in the first movie it's just trying to find the treasure i like that it has kind of the personal angle of him trying to clear his family's name and just talking generally i think that nick cage is having a lot more fun in this movie than in the first one um, what would you say that he's just uh he's more entertaining to watch in my opinion Longtime <laughs> listeners might remember my take from uh our first national treasure episode where i said that nick cage was even miscast in this movie and that th- this do guy th- do you still think he's miscast that he should have been cast and said by like a tom cruise type I still don't um, think that Tom Cruise is would have been would have worked in that movie. If, and look, look how biased he is. Listen, no, listen. Do you see what's behind him? Yeah. Listen. <laughs> listen. If National Treasure never got a sequel and it just stood alone as its own film, I would stand by my original take. But ah. I I like Nick Cage so much more in this one that I I am willing right here to uh, retract my previous statement about uh, him yes. being miscast in na- National Treasure. Amazing. Uh, he is still boring, in my opinion, in the first movie. Oh, he's kind of boring. He's yes. He he's just playing a normal role, and you're not used to that. Yeah, I think true. Tom Cruise my, would have livened it up. My my brain is uh my brain's been poisoned by watching so many Nicolas Cage movies that I expect uh everyone I expect to be some sort of craziness to come from him in some to some degree like he he has to be over the top somewhere in the movie and i don't think that you get that he had enough room to really become over the top in this film i i think that he has a different type of over the top in these movies it's not the crazy expressiveness or you know that we're so accustomed to seeing in memes and movies right um it's more the way he delivers lines with this sense of poignancy Mm. and this gravitas yeah it's uber uber sincere yeah which honestly imagine the exact same script okay you think back to the scene in the rotunda of the archives in the first movie where he's declaring that he's going to steal the declaration he's reading lines from the declaration he's explaining what it means in the way that he does. Imagine another actor, Tom Cruise, if you will, in that role. Would it come off the same way? Would you buy into it the way you buy into him in that movie? I just don't I, think- I believe that he's smart here. 
that's the thing is I believe his yeah. performance. I believe that he is a brilliant human being mm-hmm. that can like decipher these things in a very quick manner. Yeah, Logan, I think my question is, do you think that Nick Cage isn't fit for the role or do you just find Ben Gates boring? I think it's a little bit of both in the first movie. Um, I don't like I still don't love the character. Like I see like the qualities that he has that are good. Um, But in this movie, I think Nick Cage is having more fun with it. just you know the the obviously the scene in Buckingham Palace um he schools he schools a child on like the white house lawn at one point um about history and that made me laugh a lot he's like okay you impossible child go away <laughs> yes. um that made me laugh screams yeah. at his dad on the university of maryland campus right. yeah yeah that was that was good um i just yeah i think he allowed himself or was allowed a little bit more room to like have a bit more fun with this movie with the character Um, did you know that when this role was written they originally wanted will smith to play ben gates i did not know that that's interesting how do you feel about that Um, i think i would have liked it i think i would have liked it with will smith i think it would have been a different movie but i think i would have liked it yeah, I think Will Smith could could have worked a lot. I also have a follow-up question for you guys because something that I noticed when I listened to your National Treasure episode was that you comment on Nick Cage's hair in yes. these movies. And yes, yes, we have a hair report. I mean, yeah. we have, we've kind of retired that a uh, little bit but see, um, because it, his hair is like too much of the same in too many of these movies. Well, so I've had to ask, though, since this is a sequel, you know, how did his hair compare in this? Film okay, to this the first? is okay. I actually do have something. I, I have thoughts on this. This might be the biggest like downgrade as far as hair goes between like any movie character from like original to sequel. Um, this is also marks an evolution in Nick Cage's career as far as like his hairline goes. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but here's the thing he has he has he has really 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 nice high quality like plugs now yeah so if they if they do a third one he can he can have good hair again yeah Um, like he has he has really high quality plugs now you should look this up he he actually like has a hairline now um it's insane i'll have to to look into this They, yeah, I think I'm very it's excited his... for what's going to happen in the text conversation between Aubrey and I in the coming days. So yeah. thank you very much for this. L- look up, look up pictures of him on the set of uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent, which I think he just finished filming. So excited um, for. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like sounds cool. You can you can see his uh his new hair in, in those pictures. Um, okay. uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I like Nick Cage a lot more in this movie than in the first one. Um, so I'm willing to take back what I said. Uh, I was wrong. I was wrong. Are you happy, Ashley? Are you happy with me now? Oh, every woman waits for a day where they hear those words. <laughs> I was wrong. Yeah, including uh, uh, Abigail and uh, Ben because they're on the outs. Um, and you liked that? I thought it made sense because he's kind of a, a just a dick to her in the first one. Um, he's kind of a dick in general. Less of a dick. 
Not really. No, he's kind of uh, so I, I do. En- I did enjoy that, like story choice of having them like just be broken up at the start of this movie. Um, I don't know. I think there's just like a certain point where like if that's what she's going to set, like she should be settling for better. Mm-hmm. But if that's what she wants to settle for, like, let's get behind it. Like, I support, guess. support women. <laughs> I, um, I'm actually I, I was actually happy that they had broken up because I kind of hoped that, um, well, I mean, I liked that she was able to use her sexuality for him, for his purposes. Oh, that was a funny scene in the Oval Office where she like pretends to lose her earring and Ty Burrell's like, oh, I don't know what to do. She's too pretty. Um, he gets so flustered. Can yeah. we talk about how he's literally, like he's literally Phil Dunphy in that role though? Like they're the same character. Yeah, I'm not that familiar with Modern Family, but I, I, I I've seen enough of it to to know what you, what you mean for sure. I'm doing my second rewatch of the show, and I can guarantee that they are basically the same person. It has come the time in our recording where Ashley makes her transition away from sitting straight up to laying down. To laying down. We have to. The time must come in every episode. In every you, episode. Where you, you're, literally when we can't see you anymore Support and you're comfort. just you're just laying down <laughs> i'm sorry uh, y'all it's just how i am it's how i operate so okay so in order to clear ben's family's name they have to first go to paris where they read the, the inscription on the statue of liberty that's over there and they get hassled by these French cops. Did anybody else before they watched this movie not know that there was a statue of liberty? A statue I said statute, <laughs> statue of liberty in Paris. Wait, yes. so you didn't know either, Emily? No, I had no idea. I didn't know either. Isn't there another one in London too, or is that there was a bunch that? of them? Riley didn't know either. He's he's like the uh, the audience in that moment. He's like, there's more than one statue of liberty. See, that's why I like Riley because he is the audience. That's, that's, that's like what his character is, is he's reacting like the audience reacts to like everything. He's just a yes man. You got to have Fair a enough. yes man. Yeah. You have a really like, you know, complex character. I was going to say like, uh, that's example of how this movie should be taught in schools because people wouldn't know there are mo- multiple Statue of Liberties if they didn't watch this movie. I'm sorry. I just I'm just laughing because like no one can see your face. You're just <laughs> <laughing> down. <laughs> You can nice. see me. Yeah, kind of. you can see three quarters of your face. This is fine. Um, this is it's good. fine. We like yeah, this. So, so, they, so after they go to Paris, uh, they, they're in Paris for a hot second. Then they go to London um, where they have to, uh, through a series of clues, they find out that they need to access the Resolute Desk in Buckingham Palace and the Oval Office uh, to get some sort of like... in. Uh, like wood carving thing that has a an, plank, a, a plank of wood. Planks, yo. Yeah. See, the thing is, is that another thing I don't like about this movie is that he took a picture with that shitty fucking flip phone. Like that was actually going to get a good enough picture for him to actually be able to get it translated. The flip it phone did. bothers you, but the traffic stop traffic light camera yeah. through a windshield doesn't. <laughs> Oh well, I forgot about. I that. love <laughs> I love all the mid two thousands tech in these movies. It's very silly, and they do the whole like enhance, enhance on that photo, and it's like 
taken like with like a super low resolution camera and then they enhance and it's just like crystal clear quality. Um, it's just silly and I enjoy it. But yeah, so they, they go to London um, and they go to Buckingham Palace and Abigail shows up there because did Patrick? John Voight. Yeah, yeah, John Voight is like asked for uh, her help to help them out. Because uh, he, he also wants them to get back together. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, he wants Bash them to get Baker. back together. Um, I mean, I would want if my husband, no husband, if my son was was Ben Gates, I would recognize that he's better off with her because when he's not with her, he's just a dumb man. Oh, and also, like, you have to realize, like, even as his father, that, like, he is, like, he is at the top of his, like, that's the best he's going to get. His age range, yeah. Like sure. he, he, she is out of his league, For and sure, somehow yeah. he has her. So, like, you gotta lock that down. Yeah, both, both. I would say both, uh, socially out of his league, right? Like, yes. communication wise, um, mentally out of his league, you know, intelligence wise, and then I would also say physically out of his league because who have you guys ever? You guys ever noticed how bad Nicholas Cage is at kissing? We talk about this a lot on the podcast. We talk about this every time it comes up. Anytime I there's haven't. like, I don't think we've seen enough Nick Cage movies. No, he did, like oh these God. movies. These or movies are fairly them. like sexless, so like we you won't you wouldn't really get a chance in the yeah. National Treasure movies to see. Yeah, yeah, no, it's um, it's, it's unpleasant. It's not it's not a fun time, and I would not. I don't find him as sexually attractive, and so she's out of his league because well, I don't just... know how she could do it add that you know the fact that you don't have to experience that and and withstand watching that is another reason why these movies are so great Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's true um so they get uh the necessary clues uh in london and they go back to the united states i'm skipping over a whole bunch because again like i said uh our listeners can just listen to your guys's episode if they want a very detailed plot breakdown. Well, instead of going um, through the plot, let's let's talk about how we feel about other things about the movie. Let's well, talk about. I I do want to talk about the the big thing about this movie that he has to do, like the equivalent of the I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence is I'm going to kidnap the president of the United States. And all I really have to say about it is that I was incredibly disappointed by this aspect of the movie. I was looking forward to it and they just kind of walk around a tunnel for a few minutes and that's about it. Um, yeah. And like the fact that he's, they're holding charges over him for literally going on a walk with the president, like through this tunnel that the president voluntarily did like voluntarily went down there with him to this Thank day. You. Yeah. To this day, we still have issues with that because in the end, right. You know, skipping way ahead in the end, right. the president effectively says, as I recall, the secret trap door closed behind us and this man saved my life. So like, yeah. why couldn't you have said that from the get go? Yeah. Cause he says, um, there's like 200 people who know you held me against my will. I was like, you can just tell them that you, <laughs> that he wasn't against your will. Cause it also kind of wasn't right. No, it's he, not like, even... he was, he was stoked to go on like a little treasure hunt with Nick pretty Cage chill about it. Yeah. Um, well, and then like, he knows he's going off to do like the next important thing. So he knows he's just going to be followed by the cops. So why not be like, yo guys chill. Yeah. You like, can pardon him. He's my buddy. We're yeah. good. Let's not follow him and make him like jump off the top of buildings. Yeah. yeah. Like he's literally my, like we're chill now. I told him a big secret. 
can't tell him that's only a big secret, but yeah, uh, the president is played by Bruce Greenwood, who is a good fictional president. I actually like him a lot, especially in this. He's always good, but I like him as like he plays a good like fake president. Yeah, I want to see has, him as a president more in more movies. I feel like he probably has played the president before. I don't know. He seems he like has. he has. And do you know and what else? We once we did. We can look this up. Hold on. Yeah, we can figure it <laughs> we'll out. figure it out for you right now, but we don't know off the top of our heads. But yes, it has come up in the past that he's played presidents. He's known for his role as the American president John F. Kennedy in 13 days. Oh, I've not oh. heard I've not heard I didn't of this know he movie. Played JFK. That's okay. Awesome. So he played a real president. Um, which is much different from playing a fictional president because when you play a real president you have you're holding all the emotional damage that people felt during their presidency um Um, i was i wanted to point out he's very good it's not president he he plays uh in the netflix gerald's game movie he plays gerald but anyway he's a good fictional president um nick cage uh quasi kidnaps him for a minute to ask him about the book of the titular book of secrets um, mm-hmm. He tells them where to find it, basically. And then they go. Get the book My of favorite part of the Book of Secrets thing of yeah. the whole controversy is the fact that none of them re- read Riley's book. Like, oh, and yeah. that's, that's like kind of funny. Because it's so sad. Yeah. If my friend wrote a book about an adventure we went on together, I would read it. Yes, I would read it. But at the same time, it's like I, you were, I was there. So was why there. would I need to read about it? Yeah, I kind of get it out of support man yeah, yeah I like, i'm I writing a book right now friend. logan are you gonna read my book i would pretend i read it i'd be like to yeah it was, it was great yeah yeah i think so Ooh. i feel like emily and i should step away for a second <laughs> yeah well um ladies i'm single now if you guys uh <laughs> know anybody <laughs> so i do i do kind of like um the one uh kind of sincere moment riley gets when he's like he's laying out the evidence for like the book and he's like if you if you had told me about this with you you would have less evidence and i would like have already believed you or something like that that that, that was almost word for word that that's like one of my favorite quotes from yeah it's a good line it's good great it's good um so basically they figure out that they need to go to mount rushmore because that is where they believe Cibola, the city of gold is um and uh mitch meets with them there and he has I'm does he already saying, have can i say something for a second the reason Please. why i don't think that there actually would be a city of gold under mount rushmore is because when the black hills were seized by um the colonial government yeah um they mined the shit out of that area and destroyed a lot of sacred ground when they did that mm-hmm. and they also carved fucking white oppressors faces Listen, into into sacred rocks getting yes. into so, the, the political yes, implications they, of the national treasure movies is like like i get well i get what you're saying ashley but like it's a feel it's uh it's no, like what we could, I was we, saying is Yeah, I understand, but we'll be here all night if we need to, if we're talking about the <laughs> political implications of the National Treasure movies. But I will say that, agreed, Ashley, they would have found it. Um, the inspiration for putting the treasure there in this movie, according to the creators, was this idea that they were going to basically create this massive vault 
um, for documents of extreme importance at like in around under Mount Rushmore. And so that's where this idea came from. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Man, it's so cool to have experts on. <laughs> People who actually know stuff. You, know? you guys are technically probably experts on the National Treasure movies at this point. You know that, right? Oh, well, that's what we strive to be. So thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> some some of us strive harder than others. Some some succeed. Yeah. Um, so they, they go to Mount Rushmore and there's the whole sequence where they're trying to actually get to Cibola where we have, like we talked about before, the tilting platform sequence, which I think is really cool and more fun than just walking down a flight of stairs like in the first movie. It's more fun, but it's so stressful. Like more fun at what cost? I don't know. I enjoyed (laughs) it. Emily's mental health as a child is the answer to that question. I literally cannot do stressful movies. Logan can tell you I did not finish that movie, the the Diamonds movie with, with The weekend. Try to watch Uncut Gems. That's it. The, the Sandler movie. We made about 20 minutes and you were, you were like, turn it off. I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> so that's probably um, why I don't like this part of the movie because if it stresses me out, then if it makes my adrenaline raise even a little bit, I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm good on this. Yeah. They eventually find Cibola and the City of Gold. And it starts filling up with water. As we've said, water is the enemy mm-hmm. in this franchise. Yep. This is proven by this sequence. And then they have to escape. And through uh, a whole series of circumstances, we don't need to get into all the details. One of them has to stay behind. And Mitch uh, at first tries to make Ben stay. And eventually uh, Mitch just stays behind and is like tell them that I that I helped find tell the them treasure. I found it I found the city of gold yeah he's he's kind of whiny um during Hate. this I mean but also like Nicolas Cage really didn't have to credit him at all like he could have just been like oh because he's a good dude he's a good guy yeah, yeah. but okay so as people who have less strong feelings let's say about these movies and emily and myself ashley and logan what are your feelings on the fact that mitch wilkinson goes from adamantly i will not be the one left behind to i'm going to sacrifice myself for the good of this family in all of 10 seconds it's a well, little I don't weird. think I think he made that decision because he had no other choice and he wanted to seem like he was a good person in the end. That's what it was. To me. I guess so. Yeah, he wanted to like you know, to convince Nick Cage to like give him some credit. I don't know. It is a very strange turn because you feel like at one moment he has like a knife to Patrick's throat mm-hmm. and is like I'm going to kill him if you like don't stay behind. Well, um, that's just it. He's like super vi- it's literally in sec he seems to change his mind there was a deleted scene or an alternate scene where he actually stabbed patrick so like in that same room with the wheel that opens the door to let them out so literally seconds prior there was an alternative here where he did stab someone and like this is that that's probably my biggest issue with this whole movie is his his change of heart in that one split second and also let's be real he didn't have to drown 
that room, that cavern, massive, massive. So yeah. we have this, you know, this niche theory, like what about for National Treasure 3? What if you bring back the villains from the first movie and the second movie? The second one's a surprise that he's, you know, alive. The first movie, you know, he would have been out of jail by then. Mm. Oh, so much potential there. Yeah, he can be like, I don't know, like Mitch can come back and he can be like kind of gross and like waterlogged still. In like a monstrous way. <laughs> oh my way. god! Like a Pirates um, of the Caribbean type. Yeah, Davy Jones Locker. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, that would rule. I'd love that. He's um, like he's like still alive because when they opened up this giant like thing, he was cursed and his the curses in his body keeping him alive. Wow. Beautiful. We're we're already. I can uh, get on the horn with um the creators. Honestly, you y'all guys. should just write the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> We've pitched many an idea to them. Yeah. <laughs> What the idea I like, um, just as far as where the characters are in like 2021 or you know, whenever the movie eventually gets made, um, I don't have many ideas, but I do believe, just based off John Voigt's uh, real life beliefs, that Patrick will be into QAnon. I don't know, that's the only, that's no, the only I idea honestly I think in the political environment we have right now, like any movie that comes out in the next two years is going to have some weird undertones very strange undertones that's another okay so then do you appreciate ashley i can i i feel like you like these movies more than logan does am i like getting getting an accurate read on that oh i love these Definitely. movies yeah. i i would i watch I them like whenever them. i'm sad they make <laughs> me you, really happy I like do you them. love how like poignant some of their messages like remain to this day messages as in what do you mean? Well, like, I mean, I, I feel like people quote Ben Gates whenever something significant in the world happens, like the whole it means if something's wrong, those who have the ability to take action have the responsibility to take action. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just someone trying to make my mark on history or like all those, you know, types of things. Well, I mean, I obviously like-, like that. I think that people quoting that movie specifically and making this connection and shows you how many people probably had a similar experience as by watching this movie so much as children mm. um, because yeah. it was a Disney movie. And so this like actually um, is in the cultural zeitgeist in like our common vernacular. Like people, if you say, have you seen, uh, like, do you know anything about Nicolas Cage? Almost every single person is going to say the only movie they've seen is National Treasure. So like, um, I've had so, so many people say that National Treasure was their first like exposure, right, to Nicolas Cage, um, yeah. and so you know people quoting him that just shows you that like maybe this this is because it's his most like successful franchise, and I hope that he comes back with it with his hair plugs and you know maybe a, a better outlook on his acting career after the new movies that are coming out that are actually good. Mm. Um, I'm so glad they didn't come out with a movie actually up until now because his career has been so bad um, these past couple years and his movies have been so bad that I don't know if I would have actually liked the sequel if Nicolas Cage had done the movie in that time of his life. That's a point. I feel like, yeah, he kind of has, he's starting to get kind of the clout um, at this point where he, where it's like more likely now that it will actually happen. Yeah, he's getting you know his, like, mean? not just his clout back, but also his, like, mojo back. Like, he's getting his confidence back. You yeah. can tell, like, for a while he was just being in movies to be in movies, not because he actually, like, he's a professional, obviously, but I don't think he actually cared about a lot of the movies that he did. Well, um, And so maybe, 
maybe that'll change and because his outlook on the world might be different now. Yeah, I don't know. I just see, we'll see. I, I know that I have very, very high hopes that if they end up making National Treasure 3, that he will return. You know, I don't doubt that for a minute. However, I, I mean, you guys know Nick Cage as well as we know National Treasure. Do you think yeah. he ever comes out of this whole indie scene that he's in right now and doing so well with? You know, does he ever come back out to the major studios and do major motion pictures again? I mean, he does already and just mm -hmm. different he does like a lot of voice work but like the, yeah the crudes i mean i mean yeah. like actual like acting roles um, i hope I, so i see I, mean, I see him doing it now but i think that he has found his niche i think that once actors get to a certain age they want to be in movies that they that they're like passionate about mm -hmm. and i think that he was passionate about wally's wonderland i think he was passionate um, about Mandy and you can tell how he how that he's passionate about it by the way he acted in those movies um, but I think also um, I think even if, if they pitched National Treasure 3 to him he would do it just because the man's still in debt like it's not like he's <laughs> it's not like he ever stopped being in debt yeah the reality so is even if he, he has um, a spending problem even if he like like all that's true that like he is like doing better movies now but he is in still at least a couple like stinkers a year the last few years at least um i think i was looking at his filmography yeah he made like seven movies in 2018 um maybe one he's of like which is actually like constantly acting like always. worth watching um but i don't know we'll see i i would like to see a national treasure three just just to see where like the characters are at like so many years later um which kind of brings us i guess kind of to the end of our discussion of this movie um yeah. national treasure book of secrets had a budget of 130 million dollars and a total box office of 459.2 million dollars again like i mentioned before according to this random list i found on imdb as of 2017 this is his highest grossing live action performance um ashley what was the critical reception of national treasure book of secrets so National Treasure Book of Secrets had a 36% tomato meter, a 67% audience score in Rotten Tomatoes, a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, and a 48 meta score. Um, so overall, I guess it was like well enough recepted by the audience. It's about the same as like the first movie, right? Like <laughs> yeah, I would just like characterize the critical reception of these films as rude. Um, <laughs> mean. Well, yeah. Speaking of the critical consensus, the uh, Rotten Tomatoes critics, critics consensus, which I usually say is a talented cast goes to waste with the improbable National Treasure Book of Secrets, which is eerily similar to the first film. Well, that's but that's ugh. so I get that people will have take issue with the fact that the structures of the first and second film are basically identical, with the exception that we have to you know, re-get back into the characters' lives in the second movie and, like, re-establish where they're yeah. at in the world. I personally love the parallels between the two. I think there are, you know, people can look at it as lazy. I look at it as a nice nod to, you know, certain things that we grew to love in the first film. Yeah, and it's a nod to the fact that it's a franchise. Exactly. Yeah. And right? I, as someone who, who prefers this one to the first one, I do like how it kind of just takes everything the first one did and just kind of does it like a little bit like more and better, like in my opinion. 
um, as far as you know, Nick Cage's performance. Uh, I prefer the the set pieces for the most part. Um, I prefer the more personal story. And I don't know. Does anyone else have any final thoughts on this film before we move on? So, yeah. Any final thoughts? Because I actually am going to do the Rage Against Cage after this one because we're going to do it differently this time. Okay. Um, just one quick thought, you know, Logan, thank you so much for inviting folks to check out our summary episode of National Treasure Book of Secrets. Yeah. Um, that episode, if people want to go looking specifically for that one, is episode 11 of National Treasure Hunt. Yeah. It's called Hunt for Cibola. And it's, like I said, it's a lot more comprehensive than what we did here today because I, I just felt it would feel redundant to go through the plot super meticulously. And also because I have... I took too way too many notes about seeking justice and I'm worried that that's going to go super long as well. Okay. So Ashley, you wanted to do uh, the rage against cage, which is our regular segment where you will read negative reviews for one of the two movies. And then myself and our guests have to guess what movie it's for. You uh, said you have uh, something you want to do. There's, there's a, twist a twist this time. So because you guys are probably super familiar with the national treasure Two. Um, reviews this is what i'm gonna do instead okay. of just doing national treasure 2 versus some the other movie we watch which is seeking justice it's national treasure 2 versus any nicholas cage movie that exists ever oh god okay <laughs> so Wait, i only so. did there's only 12 of these so it's not like it's gonna take forever but you have to guess if the review is from national treasure 2 or from some other Nicolas Cage movie. Am I allowed? So I'm, I'm allowed to participate as well. Yes, yes, you might need your help. Okay. Am I? <laughs> so, can if I know the movie, can I just say what the movie is? You can guess what the movie is. Yeah. Okay. Can I? Is that like a bonus point or something? It can be. Do you want? Yeah, I don't want to keep track of that. That's fine. <laughs> it can just be a wrong or right thing. All right. The first one is. Okay. The setup is painfully contrived and the film is littered with the usual plot holes. This I don't feels... think this is National Treasure 2. Oh, okay. I, I was going to say it's not. It sounds like it might be, but I'm I'm outvoted here, so I guess we're going to say another Nicolas Cage film. Is that correct? Or Yeah, it is correct. I mean, what movie do you think it is, Logan? I have no idea. There's literally 100 Nicolas Cage movies. You're just going to have to <laughs> tell me. Just guess one. Con Air? I don't know. Seeking Justice. Oh. <laughs> I think I agree with that. That's fair. Woof. All right. Uh, this movie is a fortune wasted. Oh, I would say National Treasure 2. That, yeah, definitely yeah. this one. Yes. Yeah, it is. It is National Treasure 2. Nice. Okay. Next. All right. Um, has almost nothing to recommend it. I'm going to say another, another case yeah, movie. Yeah, I agree. National Treasure 2. <gasps> hard Shocking. disagree. Shocking. Oh my gosh. The horror. It's funny, but is it good? I don't think it's like, National Treasure 2. No, I feel no, I'm saying another cage movie, and I feel like you've read this one before for a movie we've covered. So what's what is it? Is oh, it National Treasure or no? It's not National Treasure, it's Raising Arizona. Yeah, okay. I feel like you've read that one before on our Raising Arizona episode. Yeah. Okay. I did. Okay. Oh wait, you guys got that one right, right? Another yes. Nicolas Cage. Okay. Yes. 
Um, it feels like no one put any effort into this thing at any point in its development or production. I kind of want to say National Treasure too. It's such a harsh review, though. <laughs> but we know how it was produced and how they were literally produ- like writing script pages the day before they were being filmed. Yes. True. Yeah. National Treasure. So too. I want to say National Treasure too. No, it's another Nicolas Cage movie. Can you guess which one? Absolutely not. You're just gonna have to say. Uh, you're just gonna have to tell us what movie is for it because okay, I'm not gonna try to guess. It's Wally's Wonderland. <gasps> Rude. A big overblown wazoo of absurdity. If this isn't National Treasure Two, it's probably National Treasure One. I don't know. I don't That's know. I feel I... like it's another movie. Logan, you're yeah. the deciding vote. Okay, I'm gonna say another movie. It's National Treasure Two. Oh my God! Good job, Oliver. Okay. <laughs> it's exhausting rather than exhilarating. That oh. could be this. That um, it could be. I feel like it's another one you've read before, so I'm gonna say another Nick Cage movie. I I would also Emily. Not everyone. Not everyone is exhausted by this movie like you are. So I'm gonna go with another Nick Cage. Movie. Fair. It is another Nick Cage movie. It's Con Air. Yeah. Are these all just pulled from other movies we've covered? Mm, yes. Okay, well, I... that might be easier for me to guess then. You you made it sound like it would just be from any movie, which made it makes it very difficult for me. Okay, well, yeah, I don't get it. Was that... Wait, is that the next one? That's the next one? Okay. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> um... That could be this one. <laughs> that could be National Treasure 2, guys. I'm going to say National Treasure 2. All right, well, we have two National Treasure 2 votes, so Aubrey, no matter what your opinion is... Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This one's Mandy. Oh, I think I do remember that one, actually. Now mm-hmm. that Logan, come on. They, they all blend together at a certain point, honestly. One of the funniest movies of the year. Too bad it's not a comedy. Ooh, burn. It's not mm. funny, though. I don't, I don't, I don't think, think it's National Treasure 2. No, I'm saying another one, another movie. No, this one's National Treasure 2. Oh, my God. What? Is it not? It, it's comedic. It's like kind of funny. It's just like, I it's don't know not. that I would describe Funniest it. Funniest movie like, of the year? Yeah, overall is funny. Garbage I think that of, compliment, though. <laughs> garbage of the finest vintage. Different movie. I don't... I, I'll go with different movie, too. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's fine. Uh, it's Face Off. Okay, I don't remember that. There's only there's reveal. only three more, so if you're exhausted, I'm, you know it's fine. We're almost done. We'll, we'll speed run these last three. It certainly has on. the courage of its convictions. National Treasure Two. Yeah. What do you think, Logan? I'm outvoted, but I think it's another movie. It's leaving Las Vegas. Okay, well we haven't covered yeah. that one yet, so you lied to me. That movie that the movie manages to maintain interest and gain occasioned involvement is somewhat a feat. National Wait. Treasure 2? I want to say National Treasure 2. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it is National Treasure 2. I can tell Aubrey strongly disagrees. In the but... last one, and the reason why I chose this one is not because you're not going to be able to guess what movies it's from. It's just really funny. Ah, Nicolas Cage, you donkey-faced old ham. When did you finally give up on acting and abandon yourself totally to self-parody? <laughs> okay, so this is not National Treasure. Not this National is a more Treasure. recent movie. I don't know if That's it's great, one we've though. covered, though. Is it a movie we've covered? Um, 
Well, not quite yet. Okay, so it's one we're going to. Uh huh. Soon, is that uh-huh. correct? Yeah, it's really. Seeking soon. justice. It is seeking justice. Oh, <laughs> Emily with the win! Wow. Oh, okay, and and this is a really good segue into our yeah. next movie. All right, so <laughs> which is seeking justice? Almost yeah, like you um, planned that. I didn't plan it, but I'm glad I did it. <laughs> seeking justice is a 2011 Roger Donaldson movie. Um, its IMDb premise is after his wife is assaulted, a husband enlists the services of a vigilante group to help him settle the score. No, that's the score to settle, friend. Uh, then he discovers they want a favor from him in return. I may, I'm sorry, I made a joke about a different movie because it said settle the score. I apologize. So can I start this off by saying I didn't hate this? I didn't hate it either. It just wasn't good. No. Yeah. We've watched much worse. Um okay. Definitely. And when he says much worse, he means much, 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 much worse. If you want to see what the worst Nicolas Cage movie probably is to date, um, you can watch Left Behind. Okay. Oh, um, we haven't watched. We haven't watched that movie yet. Or Inconceivable. <laughs> Inconceivable is a really bad movie too. Um, if you want like a baseline. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, so this is just uh, this is. I was looking at uh, Cage's filmography the other day just to kind of get a timeline. And I think this is the first like movie of like, it's like the first revenge thriller that he really stars in that kind of kicks off the next 10 years of revenge thrillers that he does. Um, this is really the, the start of that phase. Can of we his do the career. hair report? Because I think he looks hot in this movie. Uh, okay. That's okay. certainly a take. <laughs> He's got some facial hair going on that's like less his... than uh, Willy's Wonderland vibe. I'm like in for facial hair. He has a goatee in this movie. He is straight up delicious in this movie. I don't care oh, what anybody says. Okay. Okay. He's very attractive in this movie to me. Um, and I don't know why I feel that way. And Logan knows that some movies I think he's like totally hot and some movies I'm like, this guy is disgusting. I think I, I agree that. with you. I think he's... I think this is a fine showing for Nick Cage. He struck me as old looking in this movie, especially compared to his wife in the movie. Yeah. Okay. So that's the first thing I want to kind of talk about. So he's, he plays Will something. I forget his last name, but he's a Gerard or something. Gerard. There you go. Will Gerard. Yeah. He's a high school English teacher in New Orleans. And his he's wife, fucking married to January Jones. Yeah, his wife Laura is played by January Jones. Who, who is like is, the epitome of like white blonde beauty. Yeah. She's someone I should recognize. She is Betty Draper in Mad Men. So Okay. I've, she is, I've heard of Mad Men. Yeah, she is 14 years uh Nick Cage's junior. Uh Oof. so Dude, she's also in X-Men. Oh, uh, wait, what was she in uh, X-Men? She's I have in no idea. She, she, I, don't know, she, I think she's just in one X-Men movie. She's in like first class. Yeah, first class. She plays oh. Emma Frost. She's on The That's Last Man on correct. Earth. She's in The Politician. She's bending out and then is in a movie coming out this year. Yeah, I don't know. She um she's, she's mostly known for for Mad Men. Okay. That's like the main thing that she is known for. And she gets kind of a bad rap as an actor. Like people rag on her for being like, like wooden and like kind of boring as an actor. She's very um, stoic. That's not a bad thing. 
Yeah. I think that women applaud stoicism in men, but then deny women the the ability to be stoic. And I think Hashtag that patriarchy. Yeah, I think women can be stoic and still be. I mean, I think that her sto like her stoicism shows the beauty of her face. Her face is like granite. You know what I mean? And if she over if she over like expresses, it she doesn't look as innocent. She doesn't look as um as with like she looks like she has wisdom beyond her years but is still like young and innocent that's what she looks like to me yeah like, she's got that she, face she, she's very well suited to her role in mad men as like kind of like a detached like housewife in the 60s mm-hmm. um that i think doesn't play as well in like modern roles as as someone who's literally now only seen her in seeking justice seeing her opposite nick cage who is so overly expressive she seems like the the under expressiveness is magnified well she's supposed to be traumatized no for sure but i mean she also just kind of you know when he comes we're jumping ahead a little here i guess that's fine when when he when he when Nick Cage comes in and basically finally tells her what's going on when she's at her like rehearsal in that auditorium. Right. And the cops are about to come talk to her. Yeah. She just like is accepting no questions asked. Like it's all good. You know, we're not, she's not freaking out. She's not upset. She's just, okay, go. We're good. And I'm just like, there's just a little bit of a disconnect. And that was the, I don't know if you want to call that stoicism, but for me, it just didn't compute in this role. And again, like countering Nick Cage, it was just a little jarring to me. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, so basically, the plot of the movie is uh, January Jones's character is assaulted one night. She is a musician. She works uh, at like some like orchestra in New Orleans, and she's attacked one night and assaulted. Um, and when Nick Cage is in the hospital, uh, to see her guy, uh, guy Pierce plays Simon. Um, he propositions cage with an offer to track down, uh, the man who attacked his wife. And the only thing he asks in return is one day he will call a favor in that he must do. I'm just saying that if a bad guy, we learn this, we, we will learn this in the future in ghost rider. Um, when we in the future talk about Ghost Rider, we definitely mm. didn't talk about Ghost Rider before this podcast recording. No, um, certainly not. <laughs> um, but never make a deal with somebody who's like, one day I will ask you in the future for uh, no, well, yeah, no, it's never a good sign. No, agreed, but Either you'll turn into a fireman or you'll end up getting framed for murder. But can we also agree that like low key shady and like sketchy, not fair that the examples of, you know, tasks that Nick Cage might be asked to do in the future is like, oh, we'll just ask you to break a security camera. No big deal. Yeah, he, he kind of buries the lead there as far like, as I wouldn't be comfortable breaking a security camera. Yeah, yeah. and I also wouldn't be comfortable like like be really mur- actually just murdering somebody like you murdered somebody through um through telling somebody else to murder them you still murdered them like yeah. you still caused their death like you're against killing somebody with your actual hands but you're okay with killing somebody if it's by somebody else's hands is that what you're saying nicholas cage in seeking justice well, yeah who knows laid some logic on him wow <laughs> He's um a pussy oh my god wow 
uh simon propositions cage with this at first he refuses um and then he changes his mind immediately he pulls a mitch wilkinson if you will yeah mm. very uh mitch wilkinson moment there and then he he agrees and then simon gives him the first of many like very convoluted inscri- instructions for what he's supposed to do like can go we talk for a moment about how they frame him in this movie I mean, we, we can get to it, but I won't. Yeah. But they, they portray him as this like super smart, like academic guy who's like not really violent in the classroom, kind of mousy in a little bit. And you don't. And I think they're, they're trying to make it where you don't expect him to like be able to fight later, but he can. You know what I mean? When he I... It kind of felt like a not well, not well developed like character arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like they wanted they they wanted to show that he becomes progressively more aggressive. Yeah. Right. As, and as he gets more involved in this group, he gets, this weird fringe group. So he gets yeah. more desperate. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. randomly he punches a student when there's a like student yeah. fighting. Yeah. Later it's, on he, yeah. Like plot devices that weren't entirely necessary and also just a little strange, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So speaking of that, like there are several moments where Guy Pierce gives him like very complicated sets of instructions. The first of Go which to is the zoo. If you see a little girl, yeah, well, for the first one, he he tells him to go down to the cafeteria in the hospital, purchase two of a specific candy bar. And then he's, he does this and like he's acting so shady as he's like purchasing the candy bar at the vending machine. He keeps looking over at the cop that's like standing there mm-hmm. um, and the cop's just like, like kind of looking at him. <laughs> that was the signal for him to agree to them going after his wife's attacker so uh, are we meant to to suggest that the cop was in on it as well it feels like everybody oh. like it does feel like everybody no, feels everybody, like everybody is part I think of the everybody conspiracy. kind of was yeah at the end of it i don't By think the that, end, you're meant to ask that i think but well okay. not there's like a lot of people who weren't who obviously didn't know what was going on like the one detective who noticed that nicholas cage was leaving I was like, where is he going? And then there's the other detective that's like, oh, he's not in there? Huh, that's curious. Yeah. Guy that shows up at the very end. and Yeah. I was just I was just going to note that, yes, that, that scene with the vending machines, so uncomfortable. So long. Yeah, like, that why was were we, weird. It was, it was just like too much. Um, also, as someone who compares everything to National Treasure, I just found the level of uncertainty he's just playing such a different character in this role even though it's like a like a normal guy like existing in the world role the character itself is so different all of the confidence that he has in national treasure gone yeah not a thing uncertain as he's literally at a vending machine worried something is going to happen and i also just have to point out those close-ups on his like dollar bills gave me very national treasure vibes (laughs) yeah u.s currency all Definitely. the clues. <laughs> yeah. So after it's my thing, Emily. Jeez. It's literally your thing too, Emily. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm forgetting. It's we haven't recorded for a few weeks. So uh, after this, after he agrees to uh, Simon's proposition, we see that the man who attacked Laura gets killed in his apartment by another guy who seemingly is another guy who took Simon up on the same offer. 
because mm-hmm. he kind of like doesn't know why he's there. Which is he's like, yeah, he's like, I-, I was told that you just have to die, basically, and he kills him. And then we cut to six months later. Laura is out of the hospital. Um, Back to looking hot. No scars or any deformities from being beat up. Yeah, she's beat up really bad. Um, they show her in the hospital. Um, but yeah, she's uh, she's she's looking back to normal. Um, she wants to get a gun and Will does not approve. Um, right after that, we see her at a gun range um, where we see that she has gotten a gun anyway. And then Simon meets with Will again and tells him to send a letter to Santa Claus at a specific time from a mailbox at the zoo. Um, and he does this thing, like the, the little tasks that he asks of him, where he like, he's like, go inside this store, buy a pack of gum. Like when he's already on the phone with him, he could just be like, hey, come outside. I want to talk to you. He said he like makes him go through these like weird hoops. Yeah, it's um, like constantly following him too. He's everywhere. Yeah. I feel like if I if I were in charge of writing this movie, I would have done a thing where like he gets some kind of like handwritten note with instructions and then Simon contacts him. You know what I mean? What I don't like about this movie is that it assumes that this like higher level person is just so literally has so much time to pay attention to Nicolas Cage, like literally spends all of his time just like making Nicolas Cage do things. Well, he has he has lots of goons across the city. But Logan, I totally agree with you. The the weird tasks that seem to have no purpose. Mm-hmm. The best part of that is just how it plays out at the end. Yeah, when, how they give you that it's not a Chekhov's gun. Like they actually show you what why those tasks were happening. I was I was just gonna comment on how then Nick Cage just makes him do a bunch of ridiculous stuff. Yeah, I did end. I did kind of <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um so once Will gets to the zoo with the letter, Simon calls him again, tells him to open it. Uh, he finds photos of a woman and her daughters, as well as a man. He tells Will to go into the zoo, follow the woman. And if he sees the man to call and say the hungry rabbit jumps, he follows her. The man never shows up. He later receives more photos that suggest that the guy is a sex offender. And it's at this point, basically, where Simon is like, okay, now you have to kill this guy. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, what? You didn't tell me I would have to do that. And Basi- he gives him a fake name. Yeah, he says his name is, um, I forget what is what the fake name is, but he... Um, so fake name, fake like issues, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he tells uh, Will to like bump into him and push him off like, a pedestrian bridge over in like over like the highway and it'll like look like a suicide. So I was very confused. I must have missed this part. I thought he was supposed to like push him onto a like a train platform somehow. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm watching uh, too much House of Cards or something, but I <laughs> was confused. I, I, I think it may have just been at least my like unfamiliarity with like new orleans because like i'd never seen that kind of like bridge over the highway like that underneath like an overpass so i also thought a similar thing like like oh, inherently gonna, dangerous right like he's just gonna push him like into traffic like, on the side of the highway or something yeah let's just kill but innocent people too huh. yeah, yeah yeah for sure but it's just like it's a bridge over under oh, an overpass and 
over the highway below, right? Yeah, that's exactly um, it. It's very, it's a very strange architectural uh, layout. So Will refuses. He's like, I'm not going to like kill someone. Like I'm, I, I did what you asked me to do. I'm done. Okay. Quick interjection. Yeah. I know like plot, right? And that's why he had to refuse. Mm-hmm. But Nick Cage has now observed what this group is capable of. He just thinks he can be like, oh, I'm going to yell at you and say I'm out. And then you're just going to let me be like, come on. Yeah, right. Like he knows that like they are like highly heavily organized. Like they're exactly. super organized. They're going to find you. Like you think you're going to run away from these people? One one step further, you think you're just going to tell them you're out, stay in your current job, your current living situation, everything peachy keen, and they're just going to like let you go. You're not even like trying to leave town or anything like that at this stage. Oh, please. <laughs> Yeah. No um, panic whatsoever. No panic at all. I don't know why Emily's laughing right now. <laughs> I just like the oh please. Oh please. <laughs> um yeah. So after he refuses, uh Will and Laura are having dinner at a restaurant. Simon comes up to them and acts like an old friend of Will's and basically intimates uh that he if he doesn't go through with killing the guy that he's going to kill his wife. Um, he's like, yeah, I'm a, a friend of mine. His wife just got murdered. And then Nick Cage is like, what? Why did you just say that to me? <laughs> um, Could that mean something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do a lot of dramatic like close up on his face when they do that. Um, a lot of this movie is shot with like really like like handheld, shaky, like a lot of like quick zoom ins on stuff in a way that kind of started to annoy me after a while. I don't know about you guys. Um, you know, I don't notice that kind of that kind of stuff. I, I notice I, I, do. I, don't I don't notice know. that kind of stuff whenever I was watching <laughs> these. <laughs> this is going to be so stupid, but I watched pimple popping videos and I was watching this specific this specific lady and doing it. And so I was like so these I was looking through the comments because I like to see like the other estheticians telling me like how if this is like a good technique or not. I don't know why I'm fucking weird. Um, but when I'm doing that, Sometimes I see like people being like, your camera's too shaky. This is like giving, making me people, sick. And I'm sitting there watching it like people commenting not- on the cinematography of the pimple popping videos. <laughs> that might be me. That would be me. And that it comment would be you probably. Yes. I don't notice shaky hand camera stuff at all. It doesn't bother me. Well, okay. Is your vision not shaky whenever you're looking around the world? What? Seriously, when you're walking. <laughs> <Where are> you- <laughs> When you're looking walking, around like, what? like your body is moving, you're not like nothing. You're not seeing everything in like, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay. Yeah. But that's different in like a movie where no, not. Okay, movies whatever. Let's chalk it up to an artistic decision. Yes. And one yeah. that I did not particularly care for. <laughs> and uh, you did not notice Ashley. And that's okay. Okay. Sorry that we spent uh, so much time talking about that. I apologize. No, it's We've fine. We've been recording for two hours now, and I would like to wrap this up. I'm sorry. Well, then help help me move it along then. So basically what happened is, is that he finds out after this guy dies and falls into the overpass um, that because he f- accidentally pushes him. Um, yeah. The he, guy uh... falls into the overpass. He finds out later that he was actually a journalist who was trying to expose the very group that is currently uh using his services so when he finds this out he 
gets arrested later basically saying that he was murdered for this person murdered for this person's like existence that's how he found out about it is that he got, he got arrested for it but while he's being interrogated one of the investigators is sitting there talking to him at the lie detector and he asks him how does a hungry rabbit jump or whatever and he loved says, that scene yes, favorite scene amazing then he says that sorry what does the hungry rabbit do right jumps or whatever he answers the question correctly and the guy just lets him go and he runs out and while this is happening the other guy's like where is he oh i don't know i don't know where he's where he went and so he goes and camps out at the high school at yeah. that point One he's does. expelled he's expelled but he he's, goes but in he, anyway he still yeah. goes in anyway and then he like runs into the kid that <laughs> He had punched earlier, who was vandalizing the school, and he's just like sitting there talking to the guy. And he's like, He's like, Yeah, I got arrested for first degree murder. He's like, uh, Oh man, oh shit. Like pressures him. And then the guy, he's like, Can you do me a favor? And he's like, Yeah, I didn't see you. You didn't see me. And then he leaves and like just leaves the graffiti on the wall. Um, and then he naps inside the office and does a bunch of research. Later breaks into the office of the actual of the actual like journalist that had died yeah and the lady's like hey, i just saw a dude like going through his office <laughs> but she asked him grammar advice and because he's an english, prof- english <laughs> i like that part i thought that was i thought that was funny i like that he gave her grammar advice this is better than the movie ashley yeah i'm, See, I'm the, enjoying you know, this so then after that's done um basically he's like okay well i i know that i didn't do this and there's like a dvd that's got like video footage that they had stolen oh. because they probably had some some other guy whose wife got murdered yeah we see this guy this footage this guy at the beginning of the movie who gets killed you see like an interview with him that the journalist is doing yeah and then he gets killed by one of simon's dudes mm-hmm. uh and then nick cage finds like the disc that has like that whole interview where he's like telling the journalist about the whole organization Continue. so basically he exposes that he understands now that this is all a cover-up for the organization and that they're using him and that they want to kill his wife right and, you know yeah. blah, blah blah his wife like at some point is in the in a car and she pepper sprays these two guys which apparently they didn't lock the doors because she just gets out of the car <laughs> and runs away did, did I, any of you guys notice that the this this one guy who like picks laura up in the car kind of looks like a diet like ed harris the guy with like yes, a scar on his face. Yeah, yeah, like this guy literally with a fucking scar on his face and you're going to get in the car with him? You think well, that guy's like, a cop? You think that yeah. guy's a cop? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Look at the back. They had, a dare, sticker. They had a dare sticker on the back bumper of this car like trying to be obviously like I am a police officer. I have a dare sticker. Okay, dude, whatever. <laughs> also, my dog is currently trying to play right now, as you can see. I'm dying. This is the best recap I've ever heard. No, this is whenever Ashley gets to the point where she is too drunk to even like fucking care. You've had, well, have you had one? You've had one drink? I've had is two that... drinks. Okay. You know, I'm sorry, girls. I, I apologize. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Oh, good. Um, yeah. So he, he breaks into uh, Alan Marsh is the journalist who he accidentally kind of kills. He tracks down a storage unit that he has. And then the cops are like on him at this point. And there's a, a car chase that I don't know if you notice this, Ashley. It's like I was getting serious, like next vibes from that car chase. You're talking about, okay, car chase, or are you talking about where he is literally running and ducking through under vehicles and going under a bridge and like doing some weird, like crazy level, like parkour shit? 
that I was no talking I'm talking about the actual car the chase the oh. actual car chase with the cops but I do like that part where he's like dodging cars on the highway like ducking under the bridge mm. and, then and then that cars. one dude gets like just like wiped out by literally I was thinking when oh. I watched that like this is like human frogger no that, that was yeah. that did not love that scene yeah <laughs> the guy they, literally gets dragged underneath that van they show it it's like for yeah. like a hundred yards yeah Un- <laughs> just pretty it's pretty crazy yeah and the um, guy's just like oh damn like his his boss is just like oh damn like not not even emotional about the fact that one of his men just died just he Another says oh damn yeah. yeah for sure but no the car chase with the actual cops like after like he gets into the like the, the little storage unit like the where there's like a train like do you remember like, the car chase at mm-hmm. the beginning of next ashley like it looked almost identical to that scene and it, well, like, yeah, it well, was next, all i could think about next for you people who haven't seen next it's a movie macula stop it's a movie where Nicholas play Nicholas Cage plays a magician that has the ability to see ten seconds into the future. Two minutes. Two minutes into the future, so he can uh. see two minutes into the future. It's a very so silly movie. based on that, and he like can dodge bullets and shit and make decisions on where he's going to move in his life based on that. Anyway, so whenever he drives, he gets into a car chase with these cops. He like is able to foresee their their kind of motion so yes i yeah. can see what you're saying also the filming of that magula what is your problem i watching that watching that car chase i was thinking about the national treasure 2 car chase which emily thinks i'm overly obsessed with jokes on her i don't care about car chases you care her, about it more than i do okay fine well the car chase in national treasure 2 um in london which yeah. happened it was the biggest car chase they had ever shot there at the time hmm. um we learned that Nick Cage did a lot of his own stunt driving, not all of it, but a lot of it. And so I was thinking about that from this movie's perspective. And since I feel like the London one was way more intense, I yeah. feel like he probably did a lot of his stunt driving for this. Yeah, I don't I don't know. The shots of him like in the actual driver's seat, it's like there's lot, lots of like really obvious like green screen behind him. Mm. So I don't really know about that. Um, but I don't like hate the like car chase in this movie. Like it's it's decent. But he escapes from the cops, and then he 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 puts in the disc. He finds sees the interview with the guy at the start of the movie who gets killed, and then he goes to he find he finds some photos on the disc of his friend, the wait, principal wait, wait, wait. of the high school. The guy at the more at the beginning who got killed. Yeah. Are you talking about the was the rapist guy? No, there's a guy at the very start of the movie who the very beginning is like a snippet of like that little interview that's being taped with him. And then oh, he gets killed. Yeah, His yeah. car gets okay, pushed I off a parking garage. I forgot about yeah. that completely. Oh, my God. His car. Yeah. So we see the full interview with that guy where he's telling the journalist about the organization. And then he sees photos of his friend, the principal at the high school uh, with Simon and so he goes to his house and confronts him and finds out that he's in on it, too, uh, because everybody in New Orleans is in on this conspiracy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Everybody see. in New Orleans is in the secret organization, but somehow it's still secret. And somehow they're still finding people like that need to be killed because they're not yeah. in the organization. Yeah. Yeah. All the bad guys. Yeah. They're just are not in. The, well, some of the bad guys aren't in the organization. 
I think that the goal is to just kill everyone until the only people left in the city are people who are part of the organization. Um, yeah. But then uh, he gets after he leaves the principal's house, he gets followed by some dude uh, who also had like a favor due to Simon who tries to kill him. He a will overpowers him and makes him give him Simon's cell phone number. Uh, he calls him. Will call Simon. Tells yeah. him to meet him at the Superdome. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, by the way, was very helpful for people during Katrina. Mm-hmm. In case you're wondering. See, this can be an, an informative movie as well. Informative <laughs> podcast, you mean? Not movie? Um. Well, you know, if you didn't know what the Superdome was before this, you could have Googled it. You and- do now. <laughs> go forth. Go forth and go on. Did anyone else find it weird that they, they're at the Superdome and the, the event they choose to showcase is like a monster truck show? <laughs> yeah, that was weird. I'm like, happy with it. I mean, think about it. They probably like had to, they would have to get licensing if it was anything else. They don't have to get a licensing of the Super. I mean, it, you could probably book a monster truck show for <laughs> a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> I mean, how much yeah. do they really pay monster truck drivers? Probably not that much. You're not wrong, probably. I- uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I have to say that I just don't know. So <laughs> while he's meeting Simon at the or calling him at the Superdome, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy is the principal, the principal and another one of Simon's goons kidnaps Laura and Simon tells Will that he'll let her go if he just gives him the disc he found. And then they have their like kind of final confrontation at like an abandoned mall next to the Superdome. There just happens to be an abandoned mall next to the Superdome. That you can walk right into also. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Listen, just don't don't think about it too hard and it's fine. And Well, I mean, like most decrepit buildings don't have locked doors. I guess so. That's I mean, that's like generally true. I definitely whenever I was younger, whenever there's a building that was about to get like knocked over, my friend and I would go like explore in it before it would get knocked over. But then I think about that now and I'm like, man, what if those buildings had like black mold or re- severe structural issues? And I was just in there exploring. <laughs> go forth and go on. <laughs> Thanks, Ashley. <laughs> uh, so they have their final confrontation at this mall and Jimmy's there, the principal. Uh, he turns out to like he changes his mind and decides to help Will. Yeah, he's like, I don't, I'm not in this for what you guys are doing. Like this is ridiculous. Yeah, bro. you're trying to kill innocent people. I'm, Fuck that. No, not innocent people, just guilty people. We kill only guilty people. Yeah. So. But they, they're really. He he says the the innocent person was the journalist that got killed. Who got right. killed because he, the journalist was trying to expose the organization. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so Simon kills the principal guy uh, after he saves Will and Laura. And then they just kind of have a tussle. Wait, Sim- Simon kills Jimmy? Yeah, yeah. He shoots him like five times. And then him and Will have like a fight. They like throw, they throw themselves like onto the escalator which looks like it hurt really bad and then simon is about to kill will when laura shoots him to death with the gun that she wasn't supposed to have per nick cage yeah yeah so he was wrong on that one huh yeah um and and then the detective guy who was in on it uh from earlier just shows up and he's like you guys can go it's all good here 
Just, yeah, because uh, he like sets up the scene to make it look like the two dead guys shot each other. I found I I wish we had more info on that guy. Yeah, I was really intrigued by that police guy that seemed to be. He was, was obviously all of it. Yeah, he was. See, that's just it. We never we we don't know who Simon's like boss is, but there's an implication that Simon isn't actually the head person. Yeah, they they imply mm-hmm. that like there's someone even higher up than him. Right, and we and never like um, does he have the police guy killing people? I think the police guy. No, the police just, guy is probably just like taking care of things on the police side of the exactly. But you get the impression that he's like important mm-hmm. in this group. But you also well, get the impression, be. but he's he's important, but he can't be the one in charge because he's trying to help them live. Like he's trying to help Nick Cage and and Laura live. Whereas if he was like on Simon's side in earnest he'd want them dead. That's what I find very confusing and intriguing about this whole thing. Well, I mean, the thing yeah. is, in the end of the day, he's, he's, I think that his whole thing is that he wants there to be justice. He doesn't, like, the same thing that Jimmy was saying, like, he wanted to kill people who did bad things. Like, right. probably jaded from being a cop and not being able to, I mean, like, mm. I'm not on the sympathetic of cop side, obviously. not. You, after you might say he's, um, they're seeking justice. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say that? Well, Maybe. I mean, I, I guess I don't really <laughs> believe that justice has, it can be extrajudicial. That's a different question, different conversation. That's a conversation for another day. Um, it's way is, deeper than what yeah. I was going to say, which was, does anyone else think the naming of this movie was a missed opportunity to call the film Simon Says? <laughs> oh my god this would that have made rules. the movie even better that would, that have, would been have been so awesome yeah oh my god but it turns out his name isn't actually simon it's like what's his real name Doesn't like matter. after after he gets his cell phone over it's like yeah it's not his actual name but simon like that's Ernest a- or something <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Ernest. um yeah i don't know um but simon says that's good mm-hmm. that's really good heard it here first um, folks yeah so the detective shows up lets him off um, the final scene is Will giving uh, the journalist research to one of his colleagues at the paper. Um, and then as he's walking away, the guy is like, the hunger rabbit jumps. Am I right, man? And then he's like, oh, shit. And then <laughs> cut to credits. And then that's it. I found um, that unsatisfying. Yeah. I don't like this movie that much. I've, I found it uh, uh, dumb. <laughs> and (laughs) very convoluted Mm -hmm. um in a way that seems unnecessary like it could have been simplified a lot uh, yeah definitely difficult to watch but not as difficult as some other movies we've seen no so i thought that the premise was interesting but the way it was put together i didn't love like after after he nick cage kills the journalist like by accident right um before he knows he's the journalist i really felt at that point because they didn't set up the rest of it very well i was like how is this movie still going on for another hour <laughs> shouldn't yeah. it be over now it feels um, yeah it feels kind of long and yes. it's not a super long movie it's not that's exactly it feels like two separate movies in a weird way yeah you know like if that's... a movie feels longer than than it is that's how you know it's a bad movie that's yeah. really how you yeah. know it's a bad movie if you feel at some point in the movie like oh man how much longer is this movie yeah right then it's probably not a good movie. Yeah. Well, 
does anyone else have any any final thoughts on seeking justice before we go ahead and decide a winner of this matchup? Well, you need to go ahead and give the box office. Oh, I guess I do. I guess I suppose I can do that. All right. <laughs> All right. So this movie had a budget of $31 million. And oh, I love when they give an exact figure. Okay. Box office for seeking justice was fourteen million eighty nine thousand and five hundred and twenty eight dollars. I just like when it gives a you know specific number. That's always fun. How often on oh, your show yeah. do you discover that the film does not make back what it costs to produce? About seventy five percent of the time. Really? Mm -hmm. Especially after a certain point, any movie post uh, National Treasure, let's say, there's like a significant chance that it will it, the movie is not uh, profitable. So you're not batting an eyelash at this figure differential. Like I am shocked here. Oh, no. we've seen much larger, no, much, 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 <laughs> much larger discrepancy. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But. What was the what's the critical response to this film, Ashley? Well, this movie had a 28% tomato meter, had a 39% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and it had an eight, oh, sorry, 6.2 out of 10 stars on IMDb and a 38 minute score. I just want to say its IMDb ratings are not that far from that of National Treasure 2. I was noticing um, that. Yeah, pretty similar. Um, but I would say that the, the difference is that the audience um, really liked this movie less than it liked National Treasure. What did you? Um, what did you say the Metascore was on this one? Thirty-eight. Okay, I was about to say. I feel like every movie on Metacritic has like a sixty-something score, like no matter what it is. No, that's not been true for the most part. Most of the time, they've been under fifty. Okay. For the movies if you say so. Um, Seeking Justice is nothing more than a typical pot boiler with another phoned-in performance by Nicolas Cage. That is the critics' consensus. One point that I will give here, this being the fifth Na uh, Nick Cage movie that I have seen in my life. Yes. Uh, fifth unique Nick Cage movie. I feel like the five movies of his that I've seen, Let's okay, let's count the two National Treasures as one. The four different characters I've seen have all been really different. You know, yeah. and I always when I was like growing up, really liked Johnny Depp specifically for his range of characters that he could play. And I always found that really impressive. And with the very limited sample size of these four Nicolas Cage characters, I'm getting the vibe that he can play a lot of different roles as well. No, he has real range. Um, I feel like in recent years, like that's less so. Um, but especially early in his career, you get like comedies like Raising Arizona mm -hmm. and Vampire's Kiss um, to like Vampire's his Kiss is classic to like his action, like blockbuster era. Mm -hmm. um, so, no, yeah, there, there's a good range for sure. But uh, if no one else has any final thoughts on Seeking Justice, um, it's time for us to decide finally which film will be moving on in our bracket. So. Um, we're just going to go around and just give kind of a closing uh, argument for what film you believe should win. We'll begin with our guests. Um, Aubrey, if you'd like to start, just I'd what film you'd like to, to, to win and why. Well, guys, I've got to say, I think the choice is clear. 
I think that National Treasure Book of Secrets not only gives us a delightful reprisal of the roles that we've come to love from the first National Treasure film and a lovely performance from Nicolas Cage as the one and only Benjamin Franklin Gates. How do you get bigger than the Templar treasure? Cibola, the literal lost city of gold. And after watching that movie, if you're not thinking, what is Benjamin Franklin Gates going to steal next? There's probably something wrong with you. Finally, I would just like to say one more time, give us National Treasure 3, and that is all. Thank you. <laughs> so your vote is for National Treasure Book of Secrets. Yes. Fantastic. All right, Emily, what about you? Well, I feel that this is probably... Uh, I know this is up in the air. You guys are really questioning kind of what, what I'm going to go with here. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't cast my ballot for National Treasure Book of Secrets. I think that, you know, I mean, forget murdering people, which we also do in this film. We kidnap the president. It doesn't matter how we do it. It, it just, it happened. And there's treasure and some funny stuff happens and it's not all kind of dark and depressing and <laughs> national treasure book of secrets. Definitely. Ashley, if you'd like to. Mm. Um, I'm going to have to go with the ladies here on this one. Um, just because National Treasure Book of Secrets is a movie that I I watch for comfort, and I watch whenever my whenever my life is the um, least predictable. Because even though this movie I wouldn't say is predictable, because who could predict that he would kidnap the United the President of the United States? It's just who would have thought that is just enjoyable for all ages. Um, Fun for the whole family, <laughs> you'd say. I would say it's a comfortable family th uh, family historical action film. Great. So your <laughs> your National Treasure Book of Secrets is what you're saying. I was trying to be serious like them, but I'm just not good at it. Listen, <laughs> Nicolas Cage, his role in, in National Treasure is his most iconic role. And I'm not going to go another episode where I fucking disregard that because of some goofy other person that he plays i think he did a really really good job here right. and Reach, um, sister i really wish that i had not chosen army of one over national treasure one because okay. because because looking back on that performance even though army of one was funny and it was very unique very unique like performance by him mm -hmm. um i still think that it's just an iconic role, and uh, I hope that there will be a National Treasure 3. Ashley, Great. I need you to remember this when we're not here for future votes. Okay, just remember what you just said and keep National <laughs> two, National Treasure 2 in the running. Yeah. Well, that's, see, the thing is, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen later on in the bracket. When we do our bracket wrap-up, <laughs> yeah. it, it's going to have to go up against some really hard hitters. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Listen. I don't. I just don't think it's gonna beat some of these other hard hitters. That's, All right. That's I have things to say. Okay. Okay. Do it. I realize the decision has already been made, um, so my votes are relevant. But I think when we our national treasure episode is our fourth episode, I feel like we had something to prove at that point. We're trying to be kind of like 
edgy and have like a hot take and be like kind of contrarian and cool. So what we did, we eliminated one of his most iconic films in the first round of our bracket. I can acknowledge now that was a mistake. And although it wouldn't have won our first season, like it just wouldn't have, it would have been eliminated eventually, but it is a better Nick national treasure is a better Nicholas cage movie than army of one. I can say that now in the clear light of day. Okay. That said national treasure book of secrets is an improvement on the first movie in almost every way, in my opinion, and seeking justice is uh, dour and depressing. And well, I cannot get over your face right now. It's hilarious. I'm waiting in suspense <laughs> and convoluted and just kind of dumb. So who am I kidding? It's seeking justice. No, I'm just kidding. It's a national <laughs> treasure book of secrets. Um, yes! right, so we have a winner. Woo! You we unanimous. Have- we already Yay. had the winner, but I'm I'm just I want to echo everything everyone else said. So, yeah, and it's not like I would have let him let him be like, no, seeking justice won. If he no, I got that. I can't I in can't our, I have to be true to myself. Episode, which is really our next episode. Um, <laughs> I I did a similar thing to what he just did and voted for a really bad movie over a really good movie just because I wanted to be a contrarian. Nice. So yeah. we, we don't have to do that anymore. We don't have anything to prove. Yeah. It's our third season. Listen, yeah, this is who se- we are. We're seasoned podcasters now. Y- sure. I have, I have two anyway. podcasts and I hate myself at this point. Listen, um, anyway, so that's so National Treasure Book of Secrets will be moving on and that'll do it for our episode. Uh, thank you again, Aubrey and Emily, for uh, being so generous with your time. Please plug uh, whatever you'd like to plug. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for inviting us onto the show. This has been an absolute blast. Um, We are once again from the National Treasure Hunt podcast, and I will turn it over to Emily to tell you where you can find us. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram at nthunt.com podcast you can find us for your listening ears on spotify soundcloud apple podcasts rate subscribe review do whatever you can tell us what you guys think of this episode as well as any of our episodes of national treasure hunt and just keep talking to us guys we love to hear from you yeah and you can follow us on twitter at cage off podcast Uh, Thank you to Mastodon for our theme song and thank you to Colors Odyssey for our Twitter banner art. You can follow me at The Good Logan. And you can follow me at Generally Done and check out Behind the Tofu podcast where I rant about um, uh, communism this week, actually. Oh, interesting. Not communism. No, that's next week. This week we're talking about anarchism. Really fun. You can't even keep track of your own podcast. You know what? I have six episodes in the bank and I won't have to record for two months. Let's go. All right. Um, And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.